Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Fancy a cold lager all the way from the Rocky Mountains? Or an IPA from the sunny shores of California? Or a delicious, creamy stout from your local craft breweries? With over 800 beers to choose from, craftbeersdelivered.com is home to the best craft beer from around the globe. We're one of Ireland's largest craft beer delivery services run by our in-house beer specialists. From your favorite IPAs, stouts, lagers, and more, to some very special limited edition brews, we have a brew for the whole crew. Craftbeersdelivered.com offers quick, hassle-free delivery straight to your door. Order online today at craftbeersdelivered.com. Always drink responsibly. Hello, you're listening to the Beer Ladies podcast with me, Katie, and my friends. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, this thing called Blue Sky, TikTok. Our handle there is at Beer Ladies Pod. And if you're on Facebook, uh, it's at Beer Ladies Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can find our merch store link in any of our bios or in the show notes for the episode. And also on our website, which is beerladiespodcast.com. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please email us at beerladiespodcast at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Beer Ladies Podcast. I'm Lisa. I'm your host this evening. And I'm joined by my co-host, Christina, who's feeling a little under the weather, but she is waving. I promise you. Christina, do you want to say a quick hello in your special sultry voice tonight? (laughs) Hello, friends. You'll have to bear with me. I have the flu, so I am here in body, um, and I will do my best, so bear with me. (laughs) And she is here in spirit as well, and that's important because this is our annual spooky season crossover episode. Yay! And we are really excited to welcome Joe from the Ghost Trail. Joe, welcome. Say hello. Hello, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, we, we, we're thrilled to have you. And um, we'll, we'll let Jo talk a little bit more about her, her exciting YouTube channel and some of her the, her travels and adventures in kind of uh, in Ghostland. But before we do that, I know, uh, you know, everyone's kind of either under the weather or not really drinking much today, but we're going to do our traditional. So what are you drinking? So Joe, I think we'll start with you. I think you've got a so I'm probably the worst person to be on a beer because <laughs> I don't actually drink beer. I'm sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> we're broad church. We're broad church. Yeah. But um, I'm drinking a coffee because <laughs> it's a bit dark outside and I wanted yeah. to feel cozy and spooky. And, you know, a coffee always helps with that, I find. So. Oh, here, here. <laughs> and again, Christina, I know, again, you're 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 trying to get back into the arena of the well. So what, what have you got? Um, I have a giant tea in my skeleton spooky mug on theme today. Um, and I also have my future ghost t-shirt on. Um, so that's what I'm bringing to the table. Well, and, and you've got your ghost tattoos. For folks who've not yes. met Christina in person, she has some very on-point ghost tattoos. So 
Always, uh, always good to see that. And I have a sort of on theme beer or almost beer. I have the Wicklow Wolf Moonlight Non-Alcoholic Hoppy Ale. So this can both fit for kind of a sort of a werewolfy kind of theme, but also for Sober October for anyone who's doing that. So um, yeah, so we are all kind of on theme. So that is what we're drinking. But again, we're excited because it's spooky season. And for anyone who knows knows us and is a regular listener, you know, we get a little weird around sort of two times of year, spooky season, Halloween and Eurovision. So, you know, we <laughs> tend to do something a little bit different, a little bit extra for both of those things. But again, we are so thrilled to have Joe on. So Joe, I wonder if you could give yourself sort of your, your best introduction and then tell us a little bit about how you got started with the ghost trail. Well, it's actually been four years this Halloween that we, well, I originally started with a friend, but I'm going solo these days. Right. But it came about, um, a friend and I were out having a coffee. Again, coffee all the time. As these things happen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we were chatting about an old 90s TV show called Strange But True. I don't know if you remember it. I remember that. Yes, I spent a lot of time in student, you know, student days watching that uh, yeah, back in I mean, London. Yeah, it was a great show. It was Michael Aspel used to present it and it would be very much storytelling based. So people yeah. would tell their experiences, there'd be reenactments, they'd discuss what happened. I mean, later on, you've got the most haunted and all that, and right. where it's more like investigations and gadgets and things. And, you know, I really missed that storytelling side of the ghost genre. Yeah. And we were like, we should, let's do something for Halloween. And we were like, let's do six episodes just for fun. And we released yeah. it all on Halloween. And we did it and, it, and it went really well. And we had a lot of fun. And yeah, and then for the next three years, we did it together. Caspian, who I was doing it with, left at the start of the year to do some other things, but I've carried on. And here I am today, still searching for those ghosts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's brilliant. And for anyone who hasn't watched, obviously just, you can go, you know, search on YouTube for, for the Ghost Trails series. And and I think that is kind of what I think makes it really special is, you know, you don't have the, the jump scares and the, you know, the weird lighting that you get in, you know, like your most haunted kind of things like you're really you know you're, you're telling the story and you're going to all kinds of interesting places and uh just really kind of letting them kind of speak for themselves I think as well in yeah in some places, yeah so. I don't like to make judgment on whether ghosts are real or ghosts are not I mean I know what I think but I just I'm fascinated and I think most people enjoy a good story whether they believe or not yeah. so yeah I like to tell the stories I go to as many of the places that I'm talking about that I can and I also do love a little bit of abandoned exploring because that's always mm -hmm. a little bit spooky and creepy um, but yeah yeah oh yeah it's it, it's it's great and I think yeah at the moment are you, are you doing two a week uh, as we lead up to Halloween it's uh, it seems like you, you either have a lot of stuff you've shot already or you're really really busy so it could be all of the above it's a bit of both I think <laughs> um yes I'm doing two a week for October Wednesdays and Sundays a lot of it I've been I've been like I knew I was going to do two a week so for the past few months I've been yeah. like building up some episodes and and been quite busy and I'm now all up to date, so I'm calming down a little bit now and just going to enjoy <laughs> October. <laughs> oh, that, that's brilliant. And and I think, um, you know, again, for those who haven't seen it, you go to all kinds of interesting places all over the UK, but you've also done uh, some interesting stuff here in Ireland. So I know a lot of our listeners will, you know, their ears will be perking up since we do have, a, you know, a lot of people who do listen here. But I wonder if you could tell us about that recent Ireland trip and kind of how that came to be and what, what some of the maybe surprises were of that as well. Yeah, well, um, 
so I mentioned I do some abandoned exploring sometimes mm. and I have two friends Gaz and Jaden they're father and son actually and they're also photographers filmmakers and we realized that we shared this hobby and so we've become a little bit of a trio and last year we went to Scotland and we did a road trip and we loved it and this year we were like let's go to Ireland so we got the ferry from Hollyhead over to Dublin and then we drove about an hour south and yeah we spent a week working our way around we kind of we, we started off at Bolinisto Woods mm -hmm. and then we went west and then we kind of headed north and we did a big loop up through like Northern Ireland we were in Belfast and we were camping the whole time <laughs> so yeah it was really good fun we had really mixed weather some days were really wet and miserable and other days were lovely um, and we did a real mixture of places some supposedly very haunted locations and we ended up at the Guinness storehouse before we got <laughs> and it just happens yeah yeah I think that was Gaz's highlight <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a wonderful trip and yeah I just loved every minute of it to be honest oh it's brilliant I yeah I feel like you have to camp I mean we, we always I, I've just come back from Kilkenny I was saying beforehand and it's you know the hotel prices in Ireland are ridiculous compared to many 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 other places so camping that's the wise uh wise yeah. way to do it I think it's uh it's so expensive otherwise and and Christina and I gotta know you're you're nodding along but um Nick we had at some point planned to do a whole like proper like Loftus Hall you know overnight kind yeah. of thing and we've <clears throat> never managed to make it happen and then I guess it got sold I had tickets to go to a Loftus Hall um ghost hunting experience and I was so excited and then COVID made it not That's happen right. and then it's been sold so I haven't been able to go and I'm devastated but I have <laughs> found some paranormal groups here that do like things open to the public so I am watching with bated breath to be able to jump in on one of these I'm so I love this stuff I think it's so cool <laughs> Oh, it's good. I can't remember. Did you guys drive past Loftus Hall? I want to say I saw it maybe in the background somewhere, but uh... no, I don't think we did. We were in such remote locations for most yeah. of the time, okay. to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I have I have actually done an episode on Loftus Hall. Okay, probably about three years ago. So I've okay, yeah. much of the history and ghost stories of it because I do so many places. But I do remember yeah. finding it really fascinating and thinking it would be a great place to visit. Um, but we did visit a place called Can Do House. Have you heard of it? I don't think I know that one, no. No, it's it's actually in Northern Ireland. It was used as a location for a Ridley Scott movie, actually. Oh, okay. Morgan, a sci-fi movie. And it's this gorgeous, well, it's an abandoned mansion, basically, but it's just there for anyone to kind of go up and see. And you can, it's a bit dangerous, I think, inside, but you can just <laughs> through it it's all open and um it's supposedly the most haunted house in northern ireland so that was super fun to go and walk around and it was once this decadent summer house and oh, then okay. came, yeah then it got left and um kind of donated to the hospital i didn't know it was a charity or something mm. it was used hospital I think until the 80s and now it's a derelict abandoned mansion so that was definitely a highlight of my trip oh that's amazing I, I want to say actually now that you said it, I think I did hear about it on maybe on the real life ghost stories podcast I think she had uh, someone had written in about uh, an experience they had there I want to say um yeah, but yeah I think quite a few people have when I was researching it I think 
I think it's such an iconic building in the area mm. that a lot of people go there for their wedding photos to have oh. it. <laughs> I know, a bit of a strange thing, but what from what I read, a lot of people do that. And on a few occasions, people have had photos come back and there have been like mysterious faces in the window looking Ooh. out at them. And someone had a little Victorian boy in a photo like standing by them that wasn't there on the day. Um, and it definitely has an atmosphere. I mean, I didn't see anything while I was there, but there is definitely a kind of a it's spookiness, I suppose. It's quite a gothic yeah. looking building. And yeah, there's something going on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Oh, very exciting. Well, I wonder too if you could tell us a little bit about, I know you've got kind of some some stories and, and things to share of, of sort of either haunted inns or, or haunted pubs, what you've come across in your travels so far. I think we're always on the lookout for more here. And I, I've been told, I've given been given some tips of a couple places in my neighborhood that I'm told have a, a spook or two, although I've not seen anything happen myself, but you never know. So what have you come across in your uh, in your adventuring? Well, I suppose the most famous haunted inn I've stayed at is the Mermaid Inn, which is in Rye in East Sussex. Um, Rye is an ancient sink port. It's really historic. It's got all mm. cobbled streets. And the Mermaid Inn was built in, I think, 1420, but the basement oh, wow. stayed back to the 1100s. But it was a bit of a hub for smugglers back in the day. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's where they'd all gather. There's apparently a tunnel that runs from the Mermaid Inn to another pub, I think, another like ancient inn. And it's just rife with history. And of course, with that comes ghost stories. And I've got a list because there's so many ghosts. I was like, <laughs> I won't remember them all. But I'm going to run through the list. Oh, lovely. We love call. a ghost list. Yeah. If you go there for a drink or decide to stay. Um, so if you stay in room one, there is a woman clad in grey who likes to sit by the fireplace. Ooh. Yes. Um, in room 19, we've got a man who wears a splendid attire. Oh, good for him. <laughs> I know. And he likes to make himself known to guests, apparently. He likes people to see that he's there and he <laughs> looks very nice and fancy in his clothing. Um, we've got another man in room 10 and he likes to walk through the bathroom wall into the main chamber and he's been seen a, a load of times. And then this is my favourite one. In room 16, there are 16th century jewellers who reenact their sword play in the middle of the night. So people <laughs> staying in the room have woken up to like this sword fight going on at the end of their bed. I love that one. Oh, that's um, excellent. I know. And then next door in room 17, there is the wife of a notorious smuggler who is called George Grey. His wife haunts the rocking chair and people often wake up in the night and the rocking chairs going back and forth and the air's really cold and yeah. So there's there's all these ghosts who are hanging around. Um, I stayed there for the night, nothing happened because nothing ever <laughs> happens when you're looking for it, does it? Right, right. But it's such a brilliant place. It's very quirky, all the floors are wonky. There's, it's just, I don't know, it's just one of my favorite places and I keep going back to Rye. I feel a bit drawn to it and always pop into the Mermaid Inn for a drink because it's lovely. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I, I've never made it over to that one. I, I, I want to say I've been to, uh, well, I know like the, uh, the old mitre is meant to have a ghost somewhere. So like all, all your London ones I, I've been to, I think. But uh, yeah, I love it when you've still got those, like you said, the wonky floors and where you just feel an atmosphere and, you know, the it properly feels old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I have, I feel like I have seen a ghost, but it wasn't in a pub. 
but I can share the story that, with you. It doesn't it's, matter where we we are. We we welcome all sorts. So, um, well, back in the day, I used to do a lot of small scale theatre touring, mm. and. On this particular tour, we were up in Scotland and it was a three-hander. So there were just three of us, me yeah. and a guy and another girl. And um, our boss had put us up in this house on the outskirts of Edinburgh. And I vividly remember going to it for the first time. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was a quiet country lane. And there were these big iron gates that we had to open up. Oh, wow. And we drove up this like windy hill and this big Gothic mansion was sat on the top of this hill. And I remember thinking, oh my God, we're staying here. Oh, and yeah. um, we got out of the car. We were a little bit like, gosh, look at this place. And this woman kind of welcomed us and she was probably in her 50s and she explained to us that the house had belonged to her mother and when her mother passed she had made it into apartments that she rented out and so we had two of these apartments me and the girl in one and the lad had his own one mm -hmm. and as soon as we walked into this apartment I was like I can't <laughs> I don't think I could stay here right I just had this kind of sinking dread fear Ooh. like it's, it's I've only ever had this feeling a couple of times and this was one of them and I just felt like I had to get out and obviously I couldn't I was there for two weeks and it was the worst two weeks ever I didn't oh, no. sleep oh. um, it was horrendous and on the first night I was trying to fall asleep and I just you know that feeling when you feel like someone's watching you like staring oh, yeah. so eerie yeah. And I opened my eyes and I saw what looked like an old woman standing at the end of my bed. Ooh. And I know it wasn't sleep paralysis because I moved and I turned the light on. The switch was behind me. Yeah. And this, as soon as I turned the light on, obviously this woman disappeared. But that was it. The rest of the two weeks was just awful. I had oh. all the lights on all through the night. I couldn't even have a shower with out Gemma sitting on the toilet oh, waiting no. <laughs> so terrified um but at the end of the two weeks the boss rang and she was like just checking how Scotland was and how did you find the accommodation and I didn't want to be rude and I said oh it was right. so lovely thank you so much she said oh I'm so glad you liked it because I had another tour there last month and they said it was haunted by an old woman <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh um oh. and then I told her the story and I think it was the mother who wasn't happy that it had been made into apartments and was trying to scare guests off. <laughs> but... Oh my goodness, mentioned in like theatrical types turning up. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I have a whole big collection of books just on haunted theaters because I mean, again, they they attract, you know, mm. all these different emotions and, you, you know, it's, uh, it's such a great, you know, sort of fertile breeding ground for that kind of thing. And I, I recently did a or sort of semi-secret behind the scenes tour at Carnegie Hall and I kept wanting to be like, is it haunted? Are there any ghosts? Does anyone have any stories? They they wouldn't, you know, they just had a lot of very serious union reps who made sure we kept moving from like space <laughs> yeah. to space. So. I think some places like to play on the whole ghost thing and they use it as a bit of an attraction. Yeah. Whereas other places I've been where, that I've read have been extremely haunted and, you know, people have had experiences all the time. And yeah. you go and say, is it haunted? They're like, nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it at all. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I have oh. a I have a question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you can do it. I believe in you. Yes. <laughs> so um you've gone uh, to loads of places and, and, and seen lots of stuff. Have you ever truly been like scared or felt scared? Like even if you don't see anything, like 
you talked a little bit about that feeling, that ominous feeling. Have you had that like in other places or worse or was that kind of it? <laughs> like that was the worst one or have you ever experienced I say, that? I would say that's probably one of the only times I've had that. Like it was like terror. Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I, I can't, I have to get out. I did have a weird experience in a hotel I was staying at and it was actually fairly recently and it's called Dunsley Hall. It's in Stourbridge in the Midlands. And um, I've done an episode on it. It's, it was once a, a gorgeous manor house and it's now a hotel. Yeah. And I've done an episode on it because all sorts of strange things have happened there in the past. There was a murder and someone else supposedly committed suicide, which is a bit dark and I won't go into it now. But um, apparently one of the common things that happens to people is that they'll lock their room at night and then in the morning, the key is on the other side of the door and they can't get out. So oh, they're locked. No. So I'd stayed there a few times and I'd always been in the same room. And I'd booked again because it's such a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And they'd put me in a different room. And I was like, oh, this is strange, a different room. <laughs> and I had a lovely night and I went to leave in the morning and I couldn't get out. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and it wasn't my key because I had my key, but my key wasn't working. And oh I gosh. really panicked and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, what do I do? And basically, it's hard to explain, but you know, you've got a door and the little like metal catch thing that goes mm. into the bit of the wall that keeps the door shut. Yeah. When I was moving the handle, that wasn't moving back. It had broken, the spring had broken somehow oh. on its own in the night and had trapped me in. Oh gosh. So for about 20 minutes I'm panicking and eventually I managed to get like my little finger in and hook it out but that was very strange and I don't know whether it was supernatural or just a faulty door but it was <laughs> fine when I went in in the evening and in the morning the spring had broken inside the door mechanism so that was oh, quite gosh. yeah that's creepy no matter what yeah I mean like you say <laughs> either way you're like Ugh yeah um, and the oh, other time I felt a little bit scared was when I was exploring an abandoned house again it was a massive house it had been a manor house and I was in the basement which is always creepy anyway mm -hmm. and I was with a friend and she was like this basement was huge and it was had lots of corridors and little rooms you know it kind of spread across the whole size of the house and she was ahead of me a room ahead and I suddenly heard her scream my name out and she thought I'd pulled her rucksack from behind because oh. she'd fallen, like been pulled backwards but I wasn't anywhere near her and when we looked back at the footage just before she screams my name out and you see her go like this there's a white shadow that goes past her like this oh wow so that was quite creepy and but I didn't have that terror that I had in the other house but I was right. a bit on edge yeah yeah oh gosh that reminds me of that I don't know if you remember that uh ghosts on the underground documentary from kind of the early 2000s it's still on YouTube it has amazing music it's narrated by Paul McGann it's just like it's the best but I, I rewatch it several times a year but there, there is one really good story like that where the um you know like they're closing the tube down at the end of the night and the you know the the, the one guy working in the station is you know trying to figure out oh is there a little girl on the platform or a woman I, I don't remember which it is and um 
he goes to talk to someone and the guy on the security camera is like, what are you doing? There's no one there, but you know, it, you know, someone sees something the other doesn't. And it's all just, uh, it's just a great story. And one of those very sort of atmospheric. Especially, uh, I think there's something yeah. about being underground, like basements, yeah. cellars, tunnels. I've explored a lot of World War II tunnels and yeah, there is, there's something about just being underground that I love because of that little bit of anxiety that you get oh, yeah. through. But um, yeah, the underground's an interesting place. Lots of weird stories. Yeah. Them. Oh, absolutely. That's that's one of my other like big collecting, you know, nerdery things is any kind of haunted underground thing. I've got reams of books on them, and they get repetitive yeah. after a while. But that's okay. It's kind of it's sort of comforting to know that they all have kind of the same <laughs> the same stories in them. But uh, but I do like that's the other thing I I find appealing is how they kind of change over time and kind of what the different almost like spooky trends are because I do feel like you get some things that we just don't have anymore and then other times you get other kinds of stories so I wonder if you see any of that kind of thing when you like I, I love the ones where you have the some of your um you, you know your your viewers kind of true stories that they send in do you have kind of seasonal themes or does it just kind of depend on what you get I'm just curious how those kind of uh have changed and evolved over the time you've been doing them I don't know I feel like I've had a real mixture of stories and experiences come through to me and I I don't like theme them up really I yeah. just like to have variety in each episode so I usually yeah. do like three viewers true stories per episode if that's what the episode's about and I try and do kind of varied ones yeah um I've had a few haunted pubs um yeah. a lot of haunted houses but also some like really unusual ones that you know you're like gosh this is just such an amazing story and you can't write this stuff which just right. I'm just like it's just amazing that you've experienced this um I'm really interested in time slips I find mm. them fascinating and terrifying at the same time so I always love to receive a story that's kind of time slip related right. um yeah I don't know I guess with like stories changing and evolving it might be a bit to do with word of mouth you know how stories are passed sure. down generations like urban legends and things that they're they're bound to change over the years from each yeah. ten of them so yeah but it, they, I just find it fascinating all aspects of the unknown <laughs> oh 100% yeah I always think uh I, I know you've done some but I, I again I always love it like all the Bluebell Hill stories like how they how you have a lot of consistency in the stories but then there are little bits and pieces that change like you say just as with the telling or over time or as new things kind of happen or get added and I, I love yeah. that kind of I don't know, like accretion of you know sort of lore if you like yeah it's, uh, fascinating yeah. definitely yeah and it's interesting that there's certain places I've covered like I recently covered a place called Chanctonbury Hill and there are just it's basically a ring of trees on the top of a hill and there are just so many stories associated with this one place yeah. and they're all so different and bizarre and peculiar and UFO stories come into it. And there's just so much in this one place, like you say, with Bluebell Hill, like you've got the main hitchhiker bride, right? But you've got so many other stories and elements that then come in and you're like, what is it that kind of, why why do stories seem to all congregate around one certain place like so many yeah. different stories that's quite interesting I think yeah and and I, I love that like that Changtonbury too has been this kind of inspiration for for like you know fiction and music and all these other things I think of like the stuff Justin Hopper has done um yeah. about it this fascinating stuff this kind of spoken word 
um, kind of thing. But I, I love that you're taking that kind of drawing on the folklore and creating something kind of new out of it as well. It yeah, just absolutely. Adds to it. Yeah, I, I love all that. And I, I feel like we're in such a, like we're in an amazing time for that kind of thing. People are doing so much like new creative work based on some of these kind of older stories, kind of the, and there's such a kind of uh, movement, if you like, at the moment of like sort of um, either folklore zines or uh, again, like new books coming out. And we're, we're just really lucky to be kind of having all this stuff accessible at the moment. And I think, you know, you're, you're obviously doing something that's kind of a part of that is getting yeah. some of these stories in front of people. And that's, I, I get very excited about that. So oh, yeah, I suppose it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's just people are naturally quite interested in what can't be explained. I think yeah. because you want to try and find answers, you want to try and explain it. And sometimes you just can't. Um, but I think that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, and then I think there's also sometimes the it's it's fun to not have an explanation for yeah. some of these things. You know, you have the mystery and uh, yeah, kind of keeps you coming back for for more and looking at it from from another angle. And uh, that that's always exciting too. But yeah, so what what have you got coming up? What's in the what's in the pipeline? What are the, some of the things you want to sort of say? Ooh, these are coming up for Halloween or you know kind Ooh. of around that time. Well, I filmed my Halloween special in Wales. Um, I spent a week staying in a little cottage, a little, it's a Victorian farmhouse and it's on the beach in Penbryn, which is on the west coast of Wales. And I spent a week just kind of exploring Wales, telling local ghost stories, visiting castle ruins. And so that's going to be my Halloween special. I've got all sorts of things coming up. I've got um, Bramber Castle, which is a ruin as well um but has some very interesting stories attached to it i've recently explored a secret world war ii base that's underground and i had to climb through a tiny little rabbit hole to get in it oh gosh um yeah what else i've got i've got some more true stories sent in from viewers coming out next week um i've also done actually associated with ireland high brazil Oh, that'll be fascinating. Ooh, yes, wonderful. because I've been tracing my family tree and all my ancestors are Irish and their surname is Brazil or Brazil. Oh, I'm not sure how right. it, um, which got me onto this mythical island of high Brazil. And I found it so fascinating. And so I've done an episode on that one as well. Oh, that'll be great. And that, that again, something where, you, you know, you, you've got something that's inspired all kinds of works of you know, other folklore works of fiction you know films like all sorts that's that's yeah and you know that might be one too that it's it needs to kind of come back into fashion I, I feel like you know that's a much better story than like Atlantis and stuff like that it's a yeah I mean it's like the Atlantis of Ireland I think I called it because I just find it, I, I can't believe I just didn't know about this mythical island off the coast of Ireland before yeah, only, yeah like through tracing my family tree and then I started talking to a historian like a, he was really into Irish history yeah. and he was so excited when I said that my ancestors had this surname and he's like oh because of the mythical island and I was like mythical <laughs> island am I a fairy like, go on yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah so I did that and I loved researching that one that one's yeah that will be coming out soon as well in October <laughs> oh that's fantastic and and maybe to, to sort of flip that question a little bit are there are there places in Ireland for those of us who do live here where you're like ah if you haven't been you've got to go to these spooky places because I feel like we have not done enough 
I, I, at least I have not done enough. I know, Christina, you're, you're ahead of me, but enough spooky place, you know, exploring. So what are your kind of There's never tips? enough up tips? True. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we went to the Dark Hedges. Have you been there? I've been near it, but they had all the Game of Thrones tours going on. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we went there. I mean, it was quite touristy, but we were close and I was like, it is a yeah, place well. to yeah. see if you're in Ireland and it was beautiful and there are some spooky stories associated with that it's haunted by the ghost of a lady who walks down the avenue of trees and then vanishes um so that was lovely I loved the Bolinisto woods no stories really associated with those woods but they're just enchanting I felt yeah. like I was in a fairy tale they're so beautiful I feel like you have to visit that if you're close by um, and also we did the courthouse in Belfast, which is abandoned. Oh. Um, and it's mainly a ruin, to be honest, but you can get down into the cells underground where all the cells were. And that's a network of passages and jails. And it links through a tunnel underground to the actual jail that is now a Hooray. museum. Yeah. yeah. And the museum which was formerly the jail, is supposedly extremely haunted. We didn't get time to visit it, but it's on my list for next time because apparently yeah. that's definitely worth a visit. Um, but yeah, we just visited so many places. It's hard to, I loved it all and everything was so varied. Um, and I just loved being out in the countryside of Ireland, to be honest. And, yeah. and also the, the like local legends that I read about in certain places we were staying and yeah everything it's just I just it just was a lovely trip just magical really yeah yeah it, it's funny because I, I I'll, I'll look on our, our local maps and there's there's meant to be a holy well in the park where I run and I've gone looking for the holy well and looking for the holy well and then I finally figured out it, it is still technically there they just kind of you know sort of put rocks and stones over it um to, sort of as a landscaping thing more than anything <laughs> else but I'm like oh yeah, it would be nice if there were some kind of little sign or just something yeah. to say I know you're in the middle of, you know, sort of mostly inner city Dublin, but there's there's something here, you know, you should, you know, kind of get people more aware of, um, you know, with kind of the local folklore and the local uh, local legends if they're there. Because it was only, yeah. I think, covered up, I want to say in like the 1980s or something like that when they, really? you know. Oh, that's you know, a shame uh, it's covered up. Maybe they did yeah. it for a healthy safety thing. It could, it could be that as well. It could be that as well. And and to be fair, it's it's nice landscaping, but it's, uh, it's uh, it would also be nice if they had that little sort of nod to its previous yeah. incarnation if you like yeah. we camped in northern ireland we camped on loch Ness. is that how you pronounce it loch Ness? maybe Not i sure. don't know christina do you know i don't know <laughs> um and i loved staying there because they did have signs everywhere about all these oh. legends of how the loch was created and apparently the gi a giant had like scooped a big oh very good and threw it into the ocean which became the Isle of Man and that's how like this lock was formed um so I do yeah I love all like the local legends things you might not necessarily learn about until you're in that place yeah yeah absolutely I always try to buy the local book you know wherever I am whether it's the local ghosts or the local folklore and um like since I was just in Kilkenny so I have the you know Kilkenny legends book that I'm now like what did I miss while I was here but <laughs> then I can read up for next time and then go and look up some of these things and I actually I did run past a well this morning as I was off running with look like it was still pretty well maintained in sort of a 19th century holy well kind of sense but I was like oh that's nice they've done a good job of you know maintaining it but also making it so that yeah that if you're me and you're running and you're clumsy you're not going to fall into the well which you know <laughs> I, I could do I could do but uh 
it was uh, it, it was carefully sort of cordoned off in a in a reasonably aesthetic way. So <laughs> <That's good. laughs> we don't want you falling down a well. <laughs> no, no, I, I would not. I would not be good down a well. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you have you had any ghostly experiences, either of you? Oh, that's a really good question. I I never have. I mean, I I'm much more sort of on the on the 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 skeptic, but would like to believe, but is more skeptical side. But that said, you never know. Like something could happen. I've, I have had one or two things where I was with other people and they got very excited about stuff happening. Uh, one in particular, I remember is it was at a rave, which tells you how long ago this was, <laughs> in an old shoe factory. So again, already kind of the right environment for something because you're in this old abandoned uh you know sort of industrial space um and other people were absolutely certain that um a being had come into like one of the other rooms and done something with the atmosphere but i i was the the lame person standing outside being like i don't see anything what's happening <laughs> but um everyone else at, at this party though had had taken lots of drugs so uh i had not so maybe that was the problem <laughs> <laughs> I go, I was too straight-laced to see anything. But um, now I think that's my only sort of almost brush with it. But I, I did always have, like, my, my parents were very, very Catholic, very straight-laced, and both insisted that they went on a trip to Canada, I want to say in the 1960s, and they were both terrified by something in a hotel room there. And they both told the story, you know, up, up until they both died, that, uh, you know, there, was, there were lights that would, like, were chasing all around the room, and there, there was no, you know, like traffic outside or anything like that so but I was always impressed that even though this was not their jam at all yeah. they were they both stuck to the story and were, were like clearly genuinely like frightened by whatever had happened but I thought it was interesting that it was all just you know they said the lights just kept chasing around the room and you know the whole night which is you know genuinely creepy yeah. when you know you have that described to you so again it's all secondhand but uh you know, you never know. So you never know. How about you, Christina? Um, <clears throat> I I lived in a haunted house for a while when I was in college with a bunch of other people, and everyone, like most people that lived there, would have had like some story at some point in time. But like I remember, we were like talking about something in the living room, and like someone insulted something or another, like some something, and the the like, great right when they said it, one of the paintings just blew off the wall and like hit the floor and we were all like Ooh, which I mean one. obviously I know physics can happen but just the timing was just so strange and then I was upstairs in like one of the top floors and I remember thinking my roommate was in the bathroom because I could see someone like in white which I just thought was just her robe or whatever yeah. and um no she was at her like boyfriend's house or she was out or something and um I was certain that I saw her um in like my peripheral vision and uh so I'm very certain that I saw something um but like you know I love to believe in this stuff I think it's it's you know it's, it's fun it adds a bit of fun to life um so I'm skeptical but you know open-minded yeah 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 um but yeah, so I, I think I think I saw something. <laughs> yeah, what you know, and I had a similar story, and I think Christina, I think I've told you before, but um, again, I have a bunch of very straight laced, very religious, very kind of everything cousins, but they were all insisted the house they were growing up in, you know, whenever any of them would be out, there would be a, another them that would come home, like go into a room, 
look like Ooh, them. They would talk to really it creepy. and people would try to go in and then there would be no one there. And it was always the person wasn't there, but it always, and it would look like a different one of them, just depending on who was the the one out. But they all insisted that this went on for years and years and years. And they were, it was that kind of funny thing where I guess it became so normal to them. They They weren't weirded out by it. I think you see that in kind of some of the almost in some of the like the older kind of family ghost stories where they're like oh that's our old ghost you know whatever and they're very blasé about it and like the person staying over for the night is like what's happening and I, I always think that's such an interesting dynamic yeah. where you have the people who are just like ah, it's just there we don't yeah. really pay attention and the other people who are kind of I don't know panicking about it if, if you like but that, I always found that very very creepy and in fact I, I I wrote it up and it was it was my back in the oh gosh I want to say in like the mid 90s early 90s that my my letter was published in the 14 times about my cousin's weird i don't know doppelgangers or whatever you want to call them so i was very proud i was like yeah it's published like my letter shape shifting ghost that's just yeah. taking form. that's really creepy isn't it it's really creepy yeah and it was it, it was definitely like a creepy house too not like it wasn't an old house or anything like that but it had like a just an atmosphere that was yeah you know, strange. Um, and again, you know, my cousins are also kind of weird people. So <laughs> that was just like the family yeah. dynamics generated, I don't know, something. But uh, I, I always just was sort of freaked out by their house and by the, you know, especially when you're a kid and you're being told, oh, if you see, you know, Tommy or whatever, he he's he's not here, but you might think he's here. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's I mean, a scary my, story. My auntie used to run pubs actually back in the day. She lives oh, in wow. Greece now, but um, she used to have multiple weird things happened to her in this one particular pub that she was landlady at and she lived above the pub and it never really scared her but some of the things she used to tell me I'd be like I don't know how you're yeah. <laughs> up with that for so long but she said that once they had all these like knives um kind of fancy knives in the yeah. wall in a board on one side of the pub and she said one day they all flew across the room and landed oh, gosh. with her head behind the bar and wow. um, she said like beer mats used to slide off the tables or fly off and she said an elderly man came in once and he said they don't want to hurt you they just don't want you here oh wow yeah. thanks okay <laughs> she said she used to be sat on the toilet and it would flush on her oh that's and, um, not good but the yeah. weirdest Oh, yeah. A couple of other weird things happened on her little finger. She always wears a ring that my I think my granddad gave it to my gran. So her dad yeah. gave it to her mum. And she always wore this ring. It'd been on her finger for years and years. You know, when you don't even take it off, you just, it's just yeah. there. And she was in the pub serving, you know, pulling a pint and she'd noticed it had gone. Oh. And she was devastated because it sentimental value you know yeah. it meant a lot to her and she searched everywhere couldn't find it in the pub went up to her apartment tore it apart yeah. couldn't find it anywhere then weeks and weeks went by and she's back pulling a pint in the pub and she looks down and the ring is hanging off her other little finger but like oh weird head, like just hanging off there and she was like what and she called her husband because she was like, well, maybe he found it and slipped it on, you know, when she was sleeping sure, or something. And he was yeah. like, no, that wasn't me. I did not find your ring. Um, and then the other weird thing that happened to her was the pub was joined next to an off license. And the off license only had one door in and out the front door. That was the only way in and out. And the people that owned the off license were going on holiday and they gave my auntie the keys and said, can you just mm. keep an eye on it while we were, while we were away? 
and um, she went over to check on it one night and all the bottles and tins and everything was all hickledy-pickledy balancing oh. on top of one another in front of the door and she had to knock everything down to get in. So it had been done oh, from wow. the inside. Yeah. Oh, that's a creepy one. Yeah, that reminds me. I do have one one haunted pub that that I used to frequent in uh, when we lived in Pennsylvania. It it kept changing hands, um, not because it was haunted, but because it was in what had been a great location in the 18th century when people didn't have cars. But then cars made it sort of harder to get to. So um, they went through lots and lots of different names. This really wonderful place and had a brewery in it for a while, but they always. Uh, they always said, you know, there's there's a ghost who doesn't like any of the electrics. I mean, you hear this, you know, sort of so often that um, they'd be up in the office, kind of, you know, doing um, all their kind of books and stuff. But anytime they had anything plugged in, like you know, everything would lose power and uh, all of these kind of things. But they they had a really good beer festival every year, and people would like like people would say, you know, I I, I put my drink down and it just vanished, and not in the sort of haha, I put my drink down and it vanished because it was a beer festival. But people would like. It happened so often that they just kind of got used to it and would sort of give, would have to like give the odd person an extra drink. And so, you know, I'm sure some percentage of those people were like, oh no, my drink, the ghost. <laughs> but I think uh, there there was something peculiar going on. And um, yeah, it was, it was a very like a nice pint of beer. By the hey, <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a nice, you know, atmospheric, you know, felt like an old, you know, felt old and spooky again. So that, that certainly helped, but um yeah, it was a it was a really fascinating place, and I I don't know if it's open again. I hope it is, but you know, it's one of these things that it's it's been there for such a long time that hopefully it'll just keep reopening in a sort of slightly different guise. But uh, yeah, that's that's my one so, sort of complaint about you know we, we don't have many pubs in Dublin. We have a couple, but many that have that old you know real yeah. old old feeling. Like we have a lot of Victorian pubs, but we don't have any that feel super sort of medieval or you know again a couple but uh you yeah, can get you to some other places but definitely come over and visit rye because all the pubs date back to like the 1400s they're all haunted all of them oh that's brilliant yeah that's you yeah. come and do a pub crawl around all the haunted 1400s pubs um and you never know you might spot a ghost on your way <laughs> absolutely yeah so christina we're gonna have to do like a, a podcast field trip i know we've been talking about maybe york or, or something like that as well york so as well. i want to do yeah. an episode in york maybe we should team up <laughs> oh that would be super fun yeah, york i would be is beautiful. all about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah actually i do have friends who stayed at the uh the, the haunted guest house that the people who own the house of trembling madness have and they did say some strange stuff happened there so really yeah, yeah. I, there are so many stories associated with York and it's just such a beautiful place I yeah. mean I love it and I really must get up there to do an episode and explore these ghosts a bit more <laughs> yeah absolutely wonderful well I think we'll begin to wrap up and Christina do you have any other questions or you you can try to sort of telepathically you know get them to me if that would uh that would help no no I don't I just thought this was really interesting and wonderful and thank you so much for coming on yeah thank so you. thank you so much joe and, and yeah any any closing ghost stories or feel free to to plug your upcoming halloween special so yeah i mean i'd just say if you're into ghost stories anything a bit unusual unexplained time slips urban legends mine's the channel for you there <laughs> we go yeah the ghost trail series on youtube so yeah i usually do sundays at 5 p.m um but yeah throughout october wednesdays and sundays 
Oh, brilliant. Well, we'll leave it there then. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.